Thanks for listening to The Awakening Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. The Apostle John writes this, John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Today I want to speak to you from the subject, post tenebras looks, which means after darkness, light. So interesting that when the Apostle John begins his narrative of the life of Christ, he doesn't begin with his birth, but he goes all the way back to creation. He brings us into that moment and lets us know that God the Father was there, but so God the Son and God the Holy Spirit was there too. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And now he introduces this biblical symbolism as God is light. This symbolism of God being light goes throughout the entire book of John. If you read the book of John, note the patterns, how many times he continually comes back to this concept, which is one of my favorite concepts. It, it really expands beyond John. From Genesis to Revelation, God shows himself as light. Think of the burning bush. Think of the, the, the pillar of fire by night. Think of when they went before Mount Sinai. Think of when they opened the temple and the light of God came down. Think of the book of Acts when they were in the upper room. Over and over and over, God reveals himself as light. And he shows that that's his kind of kingdom. It is a kingdom of light. This is so helpful and hopeful for us now seeing that we've been in a season of darkness. We've been in a, an age, a day, a year, filled with darkness of all sorts. And John gives us this anchor to latch onto that what you are in does not define or overcome who God is. In darkness, God is light. So the Christmas story and the Christmas season is about recognizing that light, remember? When God was going to announce the birth of his son, he announced it with a star. He sets it in the heavens saying, I am about to pierce the darkness. And I believe that is what God is going to do in our season and in our time. God is going to pierce the darkness. So on the day of darkness on earth, I would ask you to do this. Set your eyes on the light. Set your eyes on who God is what he represents, and begin to reflect that light into a humanity that is in desperate need of it. Because we are in a moment of darkness. See, the age of darkness came post-Eden, but Jesus came to crack that age open, give us the choice to not have to live in that place. Before Jesus, that was the only thing that was open to us. Matthew shows it to us in, in this. He says the people before Christ, they were dwelling in darkness. Before Jesus, they lived there. But those people have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region in the shadow of death, on them a light has 
dawned. Isaiah prophesied this. Matthew confirmed its fulfillment. Think of that concept, dwelling in darkness. Before Jesus, without Jesus, that's the only option open. Not just a visitation of darkness, not just a dark moment, not just dark thoughts, but living in and under darkness. That's where humanity was. That's where much of humanity even is today, dwelling under darkness because sin casts a shadow. And many people, when they live under sin, they live under that shadow. They live in isolation. They live in shame. They live in this sunken place. They live in, in this place where they're holding back secrets. That's living under the shadow, the long shadow cast by sin. The writer Tolkien, he exemplifies this concept so incredibly well with the place of Mordor that he writes in the series of Lord of the Rings. And under the eye of Sauron, there, there's this land that is a land under darkness. And, and he talks about the animals, the people, the beings that live under the shadow of Mordor. It, there, there's this concept that when you live under evil, you get corrupted. And he talks about anything living in that land, the vegetation, the animals, slowly got more and more corrupt, corrupted because of, of the evil in that land and the shadow of death in that land because sin's shadow always corrupts. Sin's shadow corrupts the mind, corrupts the heart. It corrupts emotion. And you know the problem with darkness? The real problem with darkness is that eventually your eyes adjust to it. That's the problem is that you can get used to living in darkness. And pretty soon, the dimness and the depths become normality. We call it regular life. We, we've seen nothing else. And if you get too adjusted to darkness, when the light comes on, you move away from it. Someone turns a light on and you're in your bed and it's been dark for a long time. What's your reaction? It's to repel the light. See, if, you, if humanity, if you and I, if we, if we don't have salvation, if we don't have light piercing through, eventually we will live under the shadow of darkness, accept the shadow and begin to get used to the shadow thinking this is living. We live in a land of concession. We even sometimes can wrap our language around it. We say things like, well, that's life. It is what it is. Don't get your hopes up, kid. What's that? That's the lexicon of concession. That's the language of a lack of light. That's where humanity lived before Christ. It's where some of humanity lives right now. But I've got good news for you. God had a plan of intervention and his plan involved light. Yes, some people dwelled in darkness, but on them, a light has dawned. On you and I, on humanity, on our children, on our future, on our land, the light came through Jesus Christ. You know what's so interesting about light is light brings revelation. By the light, you're able to see who you are, where you are, what's around you, your surroundings. Things become clear in the noonday sun. Light brings revelation. Without it, there's no observable universe. 
Without light, there's no ability to orient yourself, to ascertain knowledge, to choose a right direction, to have firmness and steadiness in your feet, in your walk. I mean, think about this. The basis of most of our horror films is flickering lights. Why? It's because of the potential of darkness. The potential of the darkness that brings insecurity. But where there is light, there is security, there is knowledge, there is the next step to take. There's progression and there's growth. You know, the Proverbs lays it out so clearly. It says this, it says, but the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. Think of this, the path of the righteous grows brighter and brighter. Not insecure, not a lack of progression, not unable to know who you are or where you're going. When you get right with God, that produces righteousness and your path gets brighter and brighter until full day. But the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. They don't even know where the problem is. They don't even know what's going wrong. They continue to make the same mistakes, get caught in the same cycle because only light brings revelation. You gotta want light. You wanna get around light. You, you need to get near Jesus in order to receive that right righteousness of light that makes your path straight, steady, firm, and moves you forward. Jesus says this, speaking to the people, he says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus creates a distinction right there. By revealing his nature, he tells us what he's not. By showing us who he is, he creates a distinction for what he is not. He says, I am the light. My kingdom is of the light. My children are of the light. And if you follow me, you will not have to walk in darkness. You won't have to live in that contrast. Be overcome, living under that shadow. You will have the light that leads to life. Jesus is the light that leads to life. Let me put it simply. More Jesus, more life. More Jesus, more life. So our goal as Christians is not to do better, be better, work more. Effort is not the requirement here. It might be the outcome, but it's not the requirement. Jesus is our everything. He becomes our source. He changes who we are and everything that we do becomes a reflection out of that. The apostle John, he goes on in John chapter one and he makes it clear. He said this, he came to his own and his own people, they did not receive him. One translation says they didn't, they, they didn't even recognize him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. This is the concept. The children of God become living lights. I'll say it again. The children of God become living lights. Jesus says, I am the light. So if you become his legacy, you become living lights as well. You're walking and you're talking and you're living and, and your, your family and your work 
who you are, what you are, your, your very nature is now to be a living light. Look, Paul says this in Ephesians, for you were formerly darkness. You lived in it, you were under it, but now things have changed. Now you are light in the Lord. So walk as children of the light. You must understand this. The deeper the dark, the more impacting the light. The deeper the dark, the more effectual, the more necessary, the more potent, the more relevant the light. And you are a living light. A walking, talking, breathing, Jesus following living light. Picture with me, if you would, a single candle lit in a well-lit room. Single candle in a well-lit room. It doesn't make that much of a difference. It, if you see, imagine that the TV's on, and you got the ambient light coming in, and the noonday, and, and you, you got different, um, different devices on. It, it, doesn't make, it doesn't make that much of a difference. But imagine that when night comes, so also comes a storm and knocks the power out from the home. Now that single light becomes the center of all activity in that home. That single light that was small and ineffective in one circumstance, when the circumstances change, when the seasons change, when things get difficult, when the tests and the trials come, when what you did not expect happens, now everything has changed. Without electricity, that single light becomes the most powerful thing, necessary thing in the home. Hear me, you might just be one single candle, but you are a living light. And in hours and days like this, when the power goes out, confusion reigns in the land. When we go through trials and tribulations, difficult times, you don't need to ramp up your wattage. You don't have to be more than you are. You just have to continue being the reflection that you are. Continue being who you are. And I'm telling you, the light of Jesus Christ becomes more powerful, relevant, beautiful, even as the world becomes more darker. When we serve Jesus, we reflect his light into humanity's darkness. He is the sun. He is the source we're simply the moon. We are not the source. We're not perfection. We are not righteousness in and of ourselves, but we are his children. We are being led by him and we can reflect him. Being a Christian, a saint, is all about reflecting the light of Jesus. Saints are light bearers and a church's action is God's reflection. I feel like We've really learned this in 2020. I, I feel like I have. In fact, this was a discovery for me in 2020. The very nature of the church is to be that single light in the midst of dark nights. That's our calling. It's our purpose. This year, we as a church, um, we really threw our everything into something we, have, we call We Heart Lives. It's our it's our outreach, it's our benevolence, it's our serving. It's a whole aspect of the church where, where we, we do all that we can to help all that we can. Our, our motto is love all, serve all. And it's been amazing to see the growth in this area of the church this year. This year alone, 
our church did um, through We Heart Lives, we did 39 different projects. We worked with 79 different agencies, schools, organizations. We served thousands upon thousands of people. Just in, in one area alone, in the area of food, we, we delivered over 28,000 bags of groceries just this year. Never mind all the backpacks, never mind all the toys, never mind all the other things we did. We delivered that many bags of groceries. Why? Because we had a revelation that when the night gets darker, we shine brighter. We shine with our actions. We shine with our serving. We don't have to do more than that. We don't have to be more than that. We simply have to be the light that we've received, now given to others. That's the gospel. That's what it, it looks like to be like Christ. That's what it looks like to be righteous, is to be a reflection of his righteousness, not on our own, not of ourselves, but because of him. I could preach for an hour about all of the different stories that I've heard and different testimonies that have come in from principals and kids in the school, pastors, teachers, leaders. I mean, so many different people because I gave you the stats, but I wish I could tell you all the stories of the different people that received, saw light in a time when they weren't sure any existed. And they were brought light by people who understood that that's the job of the saint to be a light bearer. It's who Jesus was to us. It's who we get to be to others. It really is the very essence of the Christmas story. And that is why John says, you want to understand Jesus? You have to understand light first. You have to understand that to understand his kingdom. And so this year, I feel like we haven't been perfect, but we have fulfilled our mission. And it was our, our mission is God-given, found in the book of Acts. For so the Lord has commanded us, saying, I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. That is our mission, and that's what we are seeking to fulfill. That is your mission. He has made you to be a light to the Gentiles, to bring salvation to the ends of the earth. C.S. Lewis says this. He says, don't shine so others can see you. Shine so that through you, others can see him. It's beautiful. Captures it all. This year, your shining has been so necessary for so many. And maybe you even feel like, well, you know, I, I didn't shine so bright. We have been in a day of darkness, but we haven't had to dwell in darkness. We've had darkness visited us, but that doesn't mean it gets to move in. And I believe that this day of darkness is coming to a close. We've been under a season of spiritual warfare, spiritual attacks, attacks on our minds and our emotions and attacks on the church, liberty, freedom. It's come on the whole world, it's come on the nation. And I've spoken a lot about it in the past few weeks and, and throughout this year. Spiritual attacks come because you have an enemy. You have the same enemy that Jesus had. The same enemy that came to snuff out his light in life is the same enemy that comes to extinguish your light in your life. You're under 
the attack because of who you're allied with. You're with Jesus. That's why the enemy hates you. It's because of who you reflect, who you represent. You reflect exactly what he hates, the light of Christ. And so when he sees you, he doesn't just see you. He sees Jesus in you, on you, coming off you, beginning to affect the surroundings that he wants to be in charge of. When you walk into your job, into your workplace, your building, your homes, when you're with your family, though imperfect, you are a light. And you begin to cast light on all those surroundings. And so his plan even works against him. He thinks, I'll ratchet up the darkness. But you only expose all the more the impact of our little light. You reflect what the enemy hates. That's why he's your enemy and you're his. The enemy wants to snuff out the, the light in your mind, your joy, your peace. He, that's why he's coming after you. and He's coming after you with many different directions, many different ways, but he doesn't get to win. In World War II, they instructed the bombers over Great Britain to drop their bombs where they saw light because light was an indicator of life. Their whole goal was to bring death. So wherever there was light, that's where they said release the bombs because that's a city, that's a town. It works that way too with the enemy. You're a target because you're shining bright. You're, he's coming after you because life is emanating through you. And not just any type of life. It's the light that is from Jesus Christ. And I want you to know, just like the Axis power failed, so the enemy of God will fail as well. The kingdom of darkness is growing dimmer and dimmer. The kingdom of light is growing brighter and brighter. I believe that God is not done. When he sent his son, he began a revolution of life, light that continues to this day and you carry it on. Our churches, our children, our people, we carry it on. And so I want you to hear me very clearly. We are not victims of 2020. We are veterans of 2020. We have survived more than that, we have thrived. We have learned, we've gotten stronger in the enemy if you're watching this, he's not been able to extinguish your faith, your peace, your joy forever. He has not been able to darken or dim your light. You're a veteran of 2020. I, I think everything has changed. I think many, has cha many things have changed in a good way. You're going to walk out of this year with new convictions, with new sets of priorities, Brand new values. One thing I know, 2020, we see more clearly than ever before. Who would have ever thought it would have to get so much darker for the light to shine brighter, for us to see more clearly, but that is what happened. You might not know what everyone else is doing, and I hope you're not affected by everyone else's choices. But the Bible says his word is a lamp to your feet. The next step, he's the one leading it, lighting it. He's moving you forward through the path that he has for you. It might be different for other people in other places, but he has a path for you. He's got plans for you. He wants to use you and he wants to use our church and he is not done with us yet.
I'm thankful for the unshakable faith that we found through this season. And I pray that we pass it on to our children and our children's children, that we're able to show them what it looks like to overcome some moments of difficulties. And I do believe truly in my heart that the night is coming to an end and dawn is beginning to break. Apostle Paul puts it this way in Romans. He says, the night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. The reformers had this motto, post tenebras lux, which means after darkness, light. In the 16th century, they were coming out of the dark ages. The gospel was hidden away from the people. They literally were without covering. They were without the word that brings salvation. But when that Augustinian monk Luther discovered grace again, where it always was all along, what happened? But light began to break out. There was not just a great reformation. There was a great revival. There was a great renaissance. Why? Because after darkness, God promises light. This has been a day of darkness, but the dawn is nearly here. So I want to encourage you, Christian, church leader, someone that's leaning, looking, searching towards Christ, I want to encourage you, shine on, my friend. Jesus says this. He says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people put a light, a light, a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father who is in heaven. Jesus came so that the light could shine in the darkness and the darkness could not overcome it. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for all you've done. God bless you. Thanks for listening to the Awakening Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. If you want to learn more about our church, visit us online at awakening.global. We'll see you soon.